Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Christopher Buno. Christopher Buno is an experienced technology executive who has managed all aspects of technology governance, from digital product development to the application of business intelligence, from organizational change management to business strategy alignment. He currently operates as Chief Information Officer for the Glassdoor Insights Management Consulting Firm. Well, good afternoon, Chris. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Awesome, Chris. I'm excited. I get to speak to another fellow colleague. Being a CIO, your career has brought you some good success. I want to jump into those questions. So, Chris, you've got a strong background in technology leadership. Like I said, as a CIO, could you share with our audience what drives you and what contributed to your success? Sure, absolutely. What drives me? Boy, you know, I think more than anything else, uh, self-satisfaction drives me. And I have always found myself to be pretty self-motivated and above all else, almost no matter what the job is. If I can stand back at the end of a milestone, at the end of a project, whatever it may be, and just kind of stand back and take in what I've accomplished or what as we as a team have accomplished and just have that sense of satisfaction. Like, look what we did, look what we built. That is really what keeps me going. That is what keeps me focused and what gets me uh, motivated for the next project. And it really is just kind of this overall quest for excellence. You know, I like to cook and I'll use a recipe and it'll come out pretty good. And then I'll try it again next time and I'll tweak my process. It'll come out even better. And by the fourth or fifth time, I've got it a perfect, just the way I like it or my family likes it. And it's just that, you know, it's this uh, rinse and repeat type of process. I'm usually my own worst critic. So if I am happy with the job, in all likelihood, my employer or my clients is going to be more than thrilled with the work I've done. And as far as uh, what's contributed to my success, oh boy, you know, I feel like it's become a bit of a cliche, but it's really about near constant learning, always being willing to embrace change and to be willing to take the bite off the chunk, to dive in, to learn about it. Right now, I am learning about Python and JavaScript coding. You know, I've done a little, I could do better. And it's just an opportunity to kind of round out some of my skills or, or the understanding of the skills that my staff has. So it's just going to help me be better in the future. And, and if I can assemble the right team, I just feel like together we can do anything. And that's really what has allowed me to be successful in any role that I've been in. I always view leadership as we throw the term around emotional intelligence. I view leadership as it's really a practice of human psychology, right? Eventually we have conflicts between our team members or we have conflicts between customers and our staff or things are going particularly well and people get distracted, whatever the case may be. People come to work with their own distractions from home. In any case, in the end, having a good sense of emotional intelligence and your role as a leader to keep your team focused, to keep them motivated with that vision in mind, it gets you 90% of the way there. Amazing. I appreciate you sharing that. I love exactly what you're talking about around leadership and the way EQ or emotional intelligence gets thrown around a lot, but that is so important. Having those soft skills are so important for the success of a technology leader. So thanks for sharing, Chris. I appreciate it. Chris, as you know, everybody globally has had to make major shifts to adapt to this new normal, right? This pandemic has, has really changed some things. Could you share with us what you're doing to help your organization stay relevant in this economy? Yeah, of course. You know, over the past 10 or 15 years, right, we've already had a move to a digital economy. Amazon certainly is the perfect example of that. 
And while COVID has affected our lives in, in many ways, I think accelerating that move to the digital economy, pushing people over their own hesitations, and now forcing them to embrace a digital economy, even when they, don't, when they didn't want to, that has caused this concept of digital transformation to really blossom. I mean, large enterprises, they've already undergone many digital transformation initiatives. But as you get down to a mid-market or the SMB business market, digital transformation is less of a well-known thing. And if it's known, it's less of a well-practiced thing. But now when we're all working from home, or many of us are, when we are transacting business from the comfort of our own homes, that becomes even that much more important. So as a business leader, as a business owner, the question that everyone should be asking themselves is how, given this new normal, can I make sure that I'm reaching my target market, that I'm satisfying their needs, and how can I improve the customer experience even better than my competitors are? And one of the beauties of technology and digital transformation and the internet is that the small businesses of the world can compete head to head with the larger businesses because of that digital footprint. So it's really about this customer experience and I encourage everyone who's in that SMB market to really change the way they think in how not do I get my business back to where it was pre-COVID, but rather how do I push the ball forward, move the ball forward so that I am straddling both that brick and mortar business that I may want to stay a part of, but also reaching customers almost regardless of where they are and making that customer experience as frictionless and hopefully enjoyable as possible. Thank you for sharing, Chris. I appreciate that insight, especially during these challenging times. So Chris, are you looking at or are you leveraging any new or emerging technologies within your organization? Anything that you care to share? Even if, you know, I know you mentioned some Python and some JavaScript, but anything you're leveraging within your team or, or maybe there's an app you'd love to share with our audience. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, most of my cool apps center around how to control my daughter's screen time. So I don't know how cool that is. Uh, I suppose if you're a parent, uh, maybe it would be cool. But no, that's not. Uh, really, what excites me about the emerging technologies of today focus mainly on machine learning and, and to a lesser extent, artificial intelligence. We tend to use machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, interchangeably. And then there's this concept of artificial general intelligence, which is more along the lines of what we see in movies where we're interacting with a robot, for lack of a better term, uh, that we can speak with and interact with as if it's an individual person. Machine learning and true AI in business is not that. It's really about taking the data that we have and being able to apply algorithms to that data so that if we don't know what question to ask, it helps us to discover what the right questions to ask. Once we discover the right question or if we already know what we want to ask, we can use machine learning algorithms, typically a different set of algorithms to then unearth the right answers to those questions. And then to use that in a predictive way so that we can anticipate the market, so that we can get ahead of our customers' want. It's an exciting time as a country, as a world, and then to be a business leader in technology, to be able to leverage this. And, and for most businesses, their first foray into machine learning is going to be by buying a piece of software that has it built in. A sales force is going to incorporate some machine learning algorithms into its process. You know, it's funny too, when I used to drive into the city for work every day, there's an Advent Health billboard that was up on one of the roads that I drove on. And it said, where you go first matters. And it was a pretty basic billboard. It was really, you know, it was a nice picture. And then it had that text, where you go first matters. 
And I think for most people, you drive past that and you go, okay, there's a billboard, Evan Health. I like Evan Health. I don't like Evan Health, you know, whichever. Every time I drive out that billboard, I say, there's an analytics team behind that billboard. There's an analytics team that determined that if you can get people in the emergency room or into the, let's say, one of those urgent care centers, then any referrals that are necessary, then stay within the Advent Health system. So some analytics team behind the scenes unearthed through this data that where you go first matters. And they translated that into a billboard that evokes an emotional reaction. But I love that as an example of how data is impacting our lives, in this case, marketing. And I will just very briefly touch on the other thing that excites me about emerging technologies is this no-code software development movement that's uh, taking place where you really can go and use a platform. Bubble is one of my favorites. And you can develop software with little to no knowledge of coding. It's visual. Behind the scenes is where the coding is taking place. And what it does, not unlike the internet, not unlike how the, the internet allowed small businesses to compete with larger organizations, it's really a democratization of technology. And now software development can be performed by really anyone who wants to dive in. You don't need a computer science background or education. You don't need to know JavaScript or Python necessarily. And so you can create tools without any coding. And that's pretty exciting. That's amazing. It's really cool how there's a lot of applications that are coming out now that allow people to bootstrap their own business or really compete with the larger companies traditionally that had the deep pockets. So, so thanks for sharing, Chris. I appreciate that. And Chris, last question. This is the important one. My audience wants to know more about you. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in technology or leadership? Yeah. You know, I want to say, you know, my response to this question hopefully will span pretty much any career someone could be in. Uh, obviously, technology is near and dear to my heart. But one of the challenges that I had throughout my career really was about the question of whether to be a specialist or a general. There was a time about 10 years ago where specialization was key to landing a job, to moving up in the organization. And I think as we moved in that direction, it started to unearth a fault in that architecture. And that architecture was, as well, now we have some very specialized people doing some very specialized things with technology, but we're lacking someone to kind of bring it all together, to bring a business perspective, to bring a holistic perspective. How are these different areas interacting with each other? And, you know, when we talk about Agile and Scrum, we have these self-organizing teams that probably are co-located and are no bigger than, let's say, seven to nine people. And so generally not a lot of oversight is required. But if you're going to have a multinational organization, if you're going to outsource as well as insource, then all of a sudden you start to be concerned with who is guiding the ship while all of these specialists are diving into the details. So for me, I opted to go the route of generalists, even though I specialized along the way. For me, again, that allowed me to provide a perspective that many people can't provide when they focus too much on any one thing. As I mentioned, lifelong learning is something that everyone should seek to do. Really, as you proceed throughout your career, let's say you enter your first job in your early to mid-20s. Well, when you're 45, 55, 
likely the world will be different. And if you have not set yourself at keeping up with the technology or with whatever advancements in your industry are taking place, then when you're at that age, that 45 or 55 year old age, likely you will be left behind. You will lack the skills necessary to succeed. Lifelong learning truly is important. I myself have hired uh, an executive coach. I encourage everyone to seek out a mentor, to uh, hire a coach if necessary, and do a lot of networking too. You know, as a technologist early in my career, I would get phone calls from organizations asking me if I was looking for a job, even when I wasn't, because I had made somewhat of a name for myself in the area that I lived in at the time, and that was Albany, New York. And that's a great place to be ego-wise, right? When you get phone calls like that. Well, now we pick up and move to Kansas and this word of mouth doesn't really carry from the Northeast down to the Midwest. So I really had to redouble my efforts on getting out there, putting my name out there, being willing to ask for help. And surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly to you, Brian, but surprisingly to me, everyone has stepped forward. They're willing to get coffee, to, to do a Zoom meeting, so I really encourage, now that I'm on this networking high, I really encourage everyone to do their best. You know, you don't need an agenda. You don't even need to expect an outcome. You really just need to be interested in meeting somebody who's interesting and to be able to talk a little bit about yourself as well. And if you're on the other side of that, you know, be willing to be a mentor for someone. I found some of my greatest learning my self-development occurred when I was mentoring others. So it's one thing to be able to come in with a pointed question and kind of guide the discussion. It's another thing to have someone walk into your office and come in with any number of issues and to be able to help them walk through the process of working their way through those challenges. It's fun. I find it fun. And it helped me grow well beyond where I was with my leadership skills. Chris, thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. And I think mentorship is so important. It doesn't matter what side of the table you're on. I think mentorship goes a long way. And I think it's really, especially as a leader, you and I can uh, attest to this, that mentorship is kind of a requirement now for those that we need to help and, and grow their careers. So thanks for sharing. It was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Thanks, Brian. You too. Appreciate it. Bye for now. Bye for now.